From Hyde Park United Methodist Church in Tampa, Florida. This is the Bible Project 2020. A journey to reading the Bible without fear or frustration. I'm one of your hosts, Matt Hotho. I'm Monica Largis. And I'm Nikki Taylor. And we're wrapping up a year-long journey through the Bible. Can you believe it? We did it, guys. Yeah. It it is super exciting. So um, we thought that we would just have one kind of final episode to wrap up let you see a little bit behind the scenes of kind of what we went through. Also get to know us a little bit better, your hosts through this whole year long journey. Uh, and then we're going to leave you guys with a little bit of a little Easter egg of kind of some stuff that didn't make some episodes and ways that you can continue in this journey of studying the Bible uh, that we've been doing this year. So I thought I'd kick us off by asking a question to each of you. Uh, and this is, uh, you know, 2020 was a crazy year. Um, but how did it start for you personally? We're going to talk about the personal stuff and then we'll talk about the vocational stuff later, but how did it start for you personally? And then how did it end personally? Big year. Uh, so Monica, I think you've got probably the most interesting story on this one, but let's hear it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was living in New Haven, uh, Connecticut to go to Yale Divinity School, but my husband couldn't come with me to the United States. So I was visiting at like ringing in the new year back in Vienna, uh, for the holidays And then for spring break, we met for vacation in Iceland. The world shut down and I ended up just coming back to Austria with him and never returning to New Haven, like have and had to pack up my apartment and all of that, you know, virtually basically (laughs) like everything. That's amazing. Yeah. And so I'm still here. I'm ending the year back in Vienna, still at Yale Divinity School. And uh, yes, that's it. (laughs) Wow. 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 That's crazy. And Nikki, what about you? So I started 2020 working at Hyde Park United Methodist, just coming fresh off of maternity leave. Um, And so right before the shutdown happened, Wyatt was about like three, four months old, I feel like. Um, And so then it's been a it's been a wild ride for us balancing for a while. He was home and me and my husband were working from home and then adjusting to as everyone has been doing go going back out in society a little bit so I haven't moved physically like Monica but I've um, had the wild parenthood ride of the first year of parenthood which everyone knows is crazy and then I threw a pandemic mm-hmm. on top of it like not me the world did so <laughs> yeah yeah I, and I'd say for myself like parenting in the pandemic has probably been the craziest mm-hmm way that the year has shifted. You know, our year started off, uh, we, my wife and I joked that we didn't really get a break between Christmas and the start of the year. Cause our, our youngest son had some seizures to start the year off, which was kind of scary. He's okay now. Uh, but you know, we had a lot of questions about how that was going to work out. And then, um, I mean, we had two kids who were, you know, one was getting ready to start middle school in the fall. Uh, but you know, we had the spring break that just never ended. And so, uh, (laughs) they, they transitioned to virtual school. The baby was out of daycare for a while, like in between daycares for a while. So we were juggling life, trying to just make it all work. Um, and now we're ending 2020 with a middle schooler who's going back to school in January. And, uh, yeah, which is going to be kind of cool. He's going to get to see all his friends that he's kind of made through zoom. Um, get to see him in person, which I think will be really nice for him. I think he's ready to flourish in, uh, in middle school, which is cool. Yeah. 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 So then how did it start vocationally and how did it end? Yeah. I mean, so for me, I thought, you know, it was, it was like Nikki and I were like, let's get this Bible project going. We were ready to like 
get you know just hit the wall running with this thing we had a team of lay people we still have a team of lay people by the way that we'll give a shout out to at the end but they you know we had this plan of interviews lined up and we were just getting our getting the ball rolling on all that kind of stuff uh i was doing a bunch of in-person worship services with our teams and then and now it's ended with um Monica's doing a lot of the work on the, you know, kind of edited these last few Bible Project episodes, the last two months worth. Um, I've just been lucky if I can hop on an interview because I'm editing videos so much and shooting videos all the time for online worship. I mean, it's just, a, I feel like my job has flipped 180 degrees uh, from live events to recorded events all the time now. So just a huge transition. And I remember for me going into 2020, I knew it was the year I was going up before Boom, the Board of Ordained Ministry to potentially um, be commissioned as an elder and get my first church. So like I knew 2020 was going to have some changes and some challenges, but I had no idea that I would begin pastoring a new church in a pandemic. And so, um, you know, it it was so weird. It's so weird. You know, usually there's that moment when you change a job, whether it's a church job or any job where you have that last day with all your coworkers and like you physically say goodbye to them and you hug people. And I I didn't have any of that. Like we tried the best we could to do some virtual things, but really for me, it's just, um, you know, I packed up virtual doing virtual things one place and then started doing virtual things, um, in another place. And so I, um, now have about six months under my belt as the pastor of United Methodist temple in Lakeland. It is, um, wonderful, but of course, you know, is that tension of I'm, I'm glad for where I'm at now, but I do miss and will always miss my Hyde Park family. So, yeah, yeah. I have to say, Nikki, one of the, probably this, the biggest moments of loss and kind of grief I felt was when we met in the parking lot at Hyde Park for you to get some of your last stuff. And it was just like, we had such high hopes for the year of this project we were going to get to do Mm -hmm. together, like in person together, you know? Um, and then realizing that when you said goodbye, I hadn't seen you in four months, you know, and the project was still just going on, but we had missed opportunities, you know, just kind of connect and keep working together. It was really unfortunate. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that is one, crazy thing that the pandemic does and everyone can agree with is we went from, you know, cause we, Matt and I were really, really rolling out episodes at the beginning of the year where we were recording, you know, two or three times a week together. And then all of a sudden it's just like, boom, you don't see people face to face for months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I feel the similar way there. Like I've never met you guys. <laughs> <laughs> me you know there's no there's no grief here monica i don't (laughs) yeah because i started the um internship in may like the first week of may i think and uh or maybe that's the first time i got to talk to to somebody at the church anyway but yeah it's so strange that we've never met um vocationally otherwise it hasn't changed a lot i teach online i was a middle school teacher before i went to divinity school um people probably don't know that so i still teach online and um do some tech jobs at yale just some little things that i can still do virtually yeah yeah nice so what's one insight you guys have gained about the bible through this journey Mm. That has been an interesting one for me um, because I'm in divinity school that changes your, you know, that changes how you, the Bible is approached and the, um, the purpose of approaching the Bible is also different, but I hoped to see over and over and over again. And I did 
scholars who really love scripture, um, that it can be deconstructed, but also part of a spiritual practice and, and a personal loving relationship with scripture and not, not in quite the same way that I would approach something like Gilgamesh, you know, from a similar era. Mm. That's really great and important literature, but it's, it's different. Yeah. You got the sense when you were talking with these scholars that this, this came out of a deep devotion, mm-hmm. this, this study. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I got that feeling too, from a lot of them. Something that really challenged me was, I think, um, I don't think this made the the episode with Luke Timothy Johnson, but something that I realized we were going through this journey is one of the ways that I had always approached the Bible was we need to find the original kernel of the of the text, right? What's the oldest piece of text here? And what is the truest thing that this what's the what was the original thesis statement of this text? Right. And I'd be like, let me just boil it away, boil it away, boil it away. And I would notice that when I did that with lay people, their eyes just kind of glossed over. Yeah. And sometimes they would say to me, Why are you why are you doing this to my Bible? I love my Bible. What are you doing here? Um, and I remember sharing that anecdote with Luke Timothy Johnson. And he said, well, yeah, that's because you're treating the Bible like an autopsy. And we don't autopsy our Bible. We dance with our Bible. We live with our Bible. We interact with our Bible. And I was like, oh, that makes so much more sense. And in a similar vein, I was listening to a podcast that had um, the guy who the guys who do the Bible project on it, the actual Bible project. And... Um, <laughs> the guys who do the YouTube videos and the guy on there who kind of leads it all was saying, his name's Tim Mackey. He was saying, I've, I've come to realize that while there's value in breaking the Bible apart into his oldest historical kernels, there's much more to be had in understanding it as a cohesive story as we've received it today. And I was like, you know what? There is something to understanding it that way. So I think that was a, that was a big takeaway for me. I think now as I read the text, I read it more holistically. I'm not always just looking for the seams, looking to break it apart for, for whatever reason. Yeah, I think um, for me, it was really valuable to read through the Old Testament in chronological, well, not chronological, but, you know, Genesis, you know, on yeah. through. Because um, I had read the entire Bible before. I, in high school, I split it up over three years, but I did the classic thing where you bounce back between Old Testament and New Testament to kind of add some <laughs> variety. But seeing that story straight through, I think it's really changed how I preach. I noticed taking mm-hmm. it to, um, you know, because the church I'm serving in now, we're obviously not on the Bible project since I just started there in July, but it's changed the way I'm able to preach on the Old Testament. Um, and it's helped me be able to bring it to life and to connect it to the New Testament. So that's been um, powerful for me vocationally, but also personally to really have a new and deep appreciation for the Old Testament I did not have before this project. Well, what let's get to like the podcast itself, like this project that we've been kind of working on. What is a favorite moment from an interview that we did that didn't make it into the episode? Pull the curtain back a little bit. Monica, you want to? Yeah, I think you just mentioned mine. <laughs> so oh, no, 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 no. It oh, was no. the, the um, yeah, if, if the Bible is a body, would should we first learn to dance with it before we autopsy it? Yeah, that image stuck with me. Like I called my mom and told her about it. Listen to this. This is helpful. Um, (laughs) I don't think it was as helpful to her as it was to me, but I really did love listening to Luke Timothy Johnson, partly because of the the relationship, this balance of knowledge and faith. And that seems so hard. It seems like it's easy to become jaded 
or mm-hmm. hyper academic or lose some some sense of connectedness and mm-hmm. interconnectedness with history and with with people who thought it was important to preserve these stories as they are. Yeah, he was he was great. He was great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of good stuff. So there were uh, a number of episodes when I managed to just work in a just a mention of Leviticus for some reason. And I realized it was becoming a broken record that I would do occasionally. But on the one with uh, John Golden Gay, who is probably up with Luke Timothy Johnson as probably the two most prolific scholars we got on the podcast, which was really cool to get to talk with both of them. Um, John Golden Gay, at one point, he's talking about how Ezekiel... Was Ezekiel? Yeah, how Ezekiel was like the most was a high priest, and so he would have been like the most priestly of all the prophets. And I said, "Well, you know, John, my favorite book of the Bible is Leviticus." And as I read Levit, and he goes, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! Are you Jewish?" And, and I, I don't think that made it in there or not, but I just have, I saved the audio track of, of him because he's got this great British accent too. And he's going, are you Jewish? And I'm like, <laughs> anyways, so I just have this audio clip. Sorry, John Golden Gay, who's not listening to this, but I saved an audio clip of him that I may just turn into a ringtone or something that's just fun because it's just him just going, are you Jewish? <laughs> See, he, he finally anyways. said what a lot of us have been thinking, Matt, about um, Leviticus yes. being your favorite the bible for those of us that have known you for a while and know that (laughs) (laughs) see this is this is why leviticus is like my favorite book of the bible though my wife would laugh because she always says that i like to think that there's a very there's a right way and a wrong way to do everything Uh, that's leviticus there's a right (laughs) way and a wrong way (laughs) to do everything there you go that's so i think that's why that uh that one that moment was just really funny and I think I was I was also really nervous on that. Did you guys have any interviews that you were nervous on? Yes, all of them. Which which one, Monica? Actually, my favorite one the, um, was with Dr. Aaron Heim. Yes. Somehow, I just I I really got nervous about that. <laughs> so tell me more about that one. Yeah, I mean well, it was six a.m. Well, let's tell them what time it was, right? Well, for you, well, it didn't matter. Yeah, it was noon. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, we yeah we got you on early because we're both in Europe and. Um, Somehow, I guess she's just somehow ticking my boxes of like what an academic lady is like, you know. <laughs> she's like our age too. She's young. She's yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah. she's got her podcast that's really cool. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so I got a little nervous about it. I was just like, oh man, I kind of want to be you, and you know, I don't like. <laughs> I don't know how to ask you how I become you. <laughs> yeah. 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 She was cool. Yeah. She was a cool find too. Do you have a favorite episode as well? Um, I think, so I think Daniel Stulak, he was all the way back at the beginning on first and second Kings. And I got a lot of, I got a lot of pushback on his episode because it got pretty academic there at points. We were throwing out acronyms and big words and that kind of stuff. But the guy just, it felt like his brain was moving at like 80 miles an hour when it came to talking about first and second Kings. And so I was just kind of trying to like, hold on to the car for dear life. But I was also, it was a phenomenal conversation because he said that first and second Kings revolves around this idea of resurrection and literally just bringing people back to life and restoring life and life being just given was the theme of first and second Kings that held it together. And 
I remember my my email to him setting up the interview because we would email all these people ahead of time and kind of, you know, get a get an idea of kind of what we wanted to talk about. I said to him, well, lay people like to say there's resurrection in these books, but both of us clearly know that's not there, right? And he's like, no, don't doubt the laity. It's there. It's there. You got to believe it. I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. So we ended up talking about it. But the other thing that was cool about the episode with Daniel is similar to... Um, until we've been talking about how some of these were happening, like right as the pandemic was kind of really getting bad, like lockdowns were happening and whatnot. I think I was on the call with Daniel two weeks after everybody shut down and mm-hmm. we're trying to figure out, he was trying to figure out what his teaching position was going to look like this year and next year and all that kind of stuff. But in the background, you could hear a baby or a toddler or something like that. And I remember after the episode asking him about it and he said, yeah, my two-year-olds, uh, and I can't even remember her name, but he's you could, his demeanor completely changed when I asked about the two-year-old. And like, he was just smitten with this little girl, you know? And she just, we, this is before we were doing Zoom. So we were on like a phone call. So I couldn't see anything, but I could just hear her in the background and hear his excitement over having a new baby, you know, a new, a new child around the house. So it was just, it was the coolest thing I think about that interview, a perfect blend of nerdiness and family man, which is like, you know, that's, Hey, if you can hit those two, As a man studying the Bible, you're doing good. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, what about you, Nikki? So it's hard for me to pick just one, um, but I would have to say Rachel Wren uh, is the one that sticks out the most to me because with her, we discussed Ezra and Nehemiah. And so we discussed the exile right as everything was happening with COVID. And so that was just so... I think it was maybe one of the first episodes, at least I um, was part of over Zoom. Um, I know mm-hmm. Zoom came a lot more commonplace, um, you know, pretty quickly in, but I, that's at least the first one I can remember that we specifically did on Zoom. Um, but just relating the exile and those two books of the Bible to exactly what we were going through in that moment um, was really, really powerful, I think. And so I think that's why it stuck with me so much. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I remember her saying at some point that like she was in the fellowship hall of her church or something like doing the recording, right? Saying like, this is so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she, she compared yeah. to um, the fact that like there's not children running down the halls of her church and past her mm. office door to kind of how it probably felt for the temple to be empty. Oh. And so that just, you know, wow. that just made it hit home. Something again with the like at least, you know, pre Bible project for me and probably for a lot of people, you know, it, we might've found it harder to relate to the old Testament, but just being able to bring it into what we were experiencing in that moment was powerful. So we've ended 2020. Thank goodness. I'm sure we're all like ready to end 2020. Um, but looking forward to 2021. So what would your suggestion be for people who have kept along with this podcast, have enjoyed reading through the Bible and want to keep doing more in 2021? So what resources would you recommend for folks? Um, I have a, a nerdy answer. Of maybe not the most helpful. Yeah. But, you know, um, I feel like I read about a book a day of, of things. Yeah. One of the books that I found to be really inspiring and rekindling a love of scripture and um, and an understanding of how and why it's important in a practical way um, was For the Life of the World by Alexander Schliemann. And it's not exactly about the Bible and it's not like a scriptural study, but 
it's a lot about liturgy and like why is mm-hmm. communion important and how is having a Eucharistic attitude a good thing and uh, a lot of other types of liturgy. It's written, he's an Orthodox um, priest, so it's written from an Orthodox point of view, which has a lot of mysticism in it, which can be really confusing or in this case, I think really beautiful if that's not your tradition, you know? Mm-hmm. It took me from studying in a highly academic setting, constantly, constantly deconstructing, like we're talking about doing an autopsy, constantly deconstructing, and instead looking at this whole beautiful thing and why it's good and what it means for, for me kind of as a little person, you know, in this big world. And um, I found it inspiring and moving and deeply influential in how I approach Christianity and religion in general. Yeah. Um, well, I'd have to say, and this is going to probably be sort of opposite of Monica, I, I, I'm finding that I'm finding less books that I want to read about the Bible right now. Maybe I'm still on seminary burnout, or maybe it's just mm. having kids around the house or that kind of thing. But there are a couple of podcasts that I think are valuable um, for kind of making sense of the Bible and kind of um, continuing the study. I think the podcast format lends itself well to actually discussing the Bible, because uh, I think we all kind of know the base text pretty well. And then we can, if we want to sit with the base text a little bit more, we can sit with it and listen to the podcast. But um, so two podcasts that I would recommend are The Bible Project, not to be confused with The Bible Project 2020, uh, but The Bible Project. And if you go to bibleproject.com, it's these people who have an animation studio that's basically crowdfunded, and they make these videos on YouTube that probably a lot of our listeners have watched uh, as part of their studies. Those were not by us. I got a few comments from people that were like, oh my God, your animations are amazing. And I was like, I was like, no, 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 not me, not me, not, not me. Um, but you know, again, Tim Mackey, the guy who does this is the guy who was kind of telling on this other podcast about, you know, the value of reading the Bible holistically and just telling this whole story. And I think that's true. I also think there's value sometimes in deconstructing the Bible, but as we've learned, it has its place. And I think Tim does a really good job of fronting the understanding of the Bible as a holistic story. So he has a podcast, The Bible Project. And then there's also, I have to uh, highly recommend the Candler Foundry. And this is a new project coming out of Candler School of Theology, my alma mater for Divinity School uh, and Emory University. And it's just helping, it's basically taking the academy into the local church. Um, So it's personable, it's over Zoom, it's these classes that you can take with your small group and learn a little bit more about a topic beyond just the Bible even, social justice, things like that. Um, So I think those are two resources to go deeper. One definitely on the Bible, and then the other kind of on broader issues of faith with an academic approach to it. What about you, Nikki? Um, Well, along those same lines, because I know a lot of people, at least our listeners from um, Hyde Park, have watched the Bible Project YouTube videos as they've gone along. Um, But one thing that uh, one another YouTube uh, series that my small group used was from Pastor Landon. So if you um, that's the name of the channel on YouTube, Pastor Landon, and he went through and did, again, very similar, very short videos that cover the content of each book of the Bible. So um, if you happen to have already watched the Bible Project videos and you're looking for something else along that vein, Pastor Landon's videos are great. Nice. Yeah. That's cool. So um, so in wrapping, I thought, well, one, I've just got to give a shout out to some people. Uh, and that not only includes the two of you, Nikki and Monica, uh, for your editing prowess, for your co-hosting, for everything that we did, you know, and kind of interviewing people and that kind of stuff. I'm going to give a shout out to the lay team. Yeah. 
that also conducted mm-hmm. some of the interviews. Uh, yeah, right? Steve Crawford, Jill Krant, Celia Furman, mm-hmm. uh, Joanna Schweitzer, and Chris Hockman. So all these people, other voices that you heard who are interviewing people, asking questions, and then just all of our guests. Mm-hmm. And I, there are too mm-hmm. many to name. I mean, there are literally like 58 of them yeah. or something right. like that, you know? <laughs> but all these profound scholars in many cases, I mean, the majority of them had PhDs or are in PhD programs who took of their time to prepare, my goodness, to prepare some of them, you know, quite a bit and put up with some really awkward questions at times, redirect us occasionally, but help us really like ask the right questions to take complicated scholarship and bring it down to the level of the laity. I feel like our, our guests just did a phenomenal job of that. Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. between the time that we put in, between the time our guests put in, between the time that our lay people put in, at least I think it's made me a better Christian. It's made me a better preacher. And I'd like to think that that is the same case for anybody who's been along this journey with us. Yeah. 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 And in like a better religious educator. Mm, yeah. Understanding how much people can really cope with, like how much of a cognitive load this can be and that people are curious, you know, they just don't want the academic language, but they're curious. Right. Yeah. Or they want the academic language defined. Maybe we need like a glossary attached to this thing. I guess we should also tell people that this is the end of the podcast. Mm. And I say that with sadness, but like we don't have another thing right now. COVID kind of you know, is taking a lot from us. And so we're going to, um, we're just going to put it on pause for a little while. Maybe something will come back in the future and we'll, you know, we've got some ideas, but, uh, but I think we're going to let this, this canon just kind of close at this point and sit as it is, please share this with your friends. All these episodes are really going to ring true. I think some of them will always bear the marks of COVID, especially in the last nine months. Um, but that doesn't mean there's not value there. I think a lot of them took deep, deep dives into the text um, that will really be helpful. I think if you know if you come back and listen to them another time. So, um, so that brings our final episode to a close of this crazy year and this amazing uh, podcast and journey through the Bible. So, for one last time, I'm Matt Hotho. I'm Monica Largis, and I'm Nikki Taylor. Keep journeying on. <laughs>